Well, welcome to the Church Fails podcast, where we bring our failures out into the open so we can laugh together and learn something along the way. In this episode, we are going to talk about our challenges with transitions. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade. I'm the creator of Collaborate Worship and the lead pastor at No Limits Church. My name is Dylan, and I'm the creative director at Collaborate Worship and the worship leader at No Limits Church. So transitions are no doubt important, and we've experimented with them a lot throughout the years. We found some stuff that works and have also created some pretty awkward moments. <laughs> so let's start off by talking about um, a couple that Dylan has messed up. Oh, I got to start. Really bad. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> okay, so let me give you a little background by telling you what our worship structure is usually like on a Sunday service. So it usually goes... Starts off with a dance from Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the countdown ends and then I, I bust a move. Sets the tone every time. Yeah. It gets people lit. No, me and Kate are like the worst dancers, by the way. You really don't want to see us dance. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, on a side note, since we're on the topic, <laughs> since we've started live streaming, I've been able to see like my body language during worship. I don't know if you've ever live streamed or recorded yourself, but it's quite the shock once you see yourself from someone else's perspective. <laughs> You're like, wow, I do some weird stuff. Didn't know it's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's something I've been trying to work on. Anyway. So it goes our pre-roll or countdown, whatever you want to call it. And then we do a praise song, so an upbeat song. And then after that is usually a welcome moment. So I usually have the band go back into the chorus chords from the praise song. And they just kind of repeat those behind me while I welcome the church, talk to him for a minute, make some personal connection. And then we go straight into a worship song from there. And then one more worship song after that. And usually after the third worship song, we have an intentional uh, moment of worship just to kind of let the spirit lead. Uh, there's no like time limit on it or anything like that. And if you listen to our last podcast, we talked about how we figured out how to pull that off with backing tracks and using pads in the backing tracks, um, crossfades, all that stuff. So if you need help with that, go listen to the previous podcast. It'll help you out a lot. Anyway, that's how our structure goes. So three songs, one praise song, two worship, and somewhere in there a worship moment. Sometimes it's after the second song, but usually it's after the third um and so first i want to talk about the transition into my welcome moment so after the praise song because that's some pretty awkward ones at least i feel like um have any of you ever had a talking moment in your worship set and you're driving home after church on sunday and you're like what did i even say today <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i think that's like the worship leader's achilles heel i have to talk yeah. <laughs> i only know how to sing yeah i mean like, i'm sure you even have moments like that when you're like preaching uh-huh. like did i really say that today yeah. <laughs> i think we just overthink it though yeah anyway we've had some pretty good moments where uh for instance we've practiced in rehearsal okay we're gonna go back into the chorus chords after the praise song for the welcome moment cool we nail it during rehearsal they got it down they got it figured out and then we get to the service and the first song ends and there's nobody playing and so i'm kind of looking around like hey guys okay i guess it's just me talking (laughs) and (laughs) we talked in the last podcast about awkward quiet moments and that is definitely one of them because you just went from a praise song into nothing i'm just like hey church good now it's all on you (laughs) (laughs) and so Maybe if you had a cool radio voice, that'd be okay, like in that moment. I don't think it would. (laughs) I think the the silence there is just really awkward. And that's happened multiple times. I don't really know what the deal is. I guess they just get so hyped up in the moment that they forget they're supposed to go back into the chorus chords, even though we practiced it. It's been a while since they've done that. Yeah, yeah. And to give the the bands some some grace, (laughs) I'd say this is whenever it was pretty new that you were incorporating that. Yeah. The whole like 
playing behind the welcome moment because I didn't used to do that as a worship leader. Mm-hmm. So you had to take that on your own. And so they were trained for, you know, a good 10 years to not do that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, now we're going to do this. Yeah. So they're probably just in old habits. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sorry, team. I'm not trying to rag <laughs> on you. <laughs> now they kill it. <laughs> yeah, they kill it now. <laughs> but yeah, those are some pretty awkward moments. Um, and even there's been times that maybe I just didn't plan that moment very well because usually I'll try to change it up each week so it's not super redundant. There are some things that I say every week in the welcome. But and then there's just sometimes when I blank out and those are really bad because I just I have no train of thought and I don't know where I'm going. It's like, okay, uh, so glad to have you guys here today. <laughs> what kind of cliche things can I say to get through this moment? Yeah, definitely like plan that out though. And yeah. I know you know that. But for those listening, and it's okay if you say somewhat of the same thing every mm-hmm. week because that's a moment where it kind of like helps people settle in and be like, oh yeah, I'm at church. You know, this this feels right. Mm-hmm. So don't overthink it. Don't think you have to be like super unique every Sunday. Yeah. I always just, if I run out of things to say that, I'm just like, all right, now let's pray. And then we'll get going again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> have a little prayer. But yeah, there's been some awkward moments during that welcome. I don't know if any of you, I'm sure some of you listening put a moment like that into your worship set, but not all of you, obviously. I think it's a really good moment to have in the set though, because you need some kind of personal connection, some talking moment where you have a conversation with the congregation, I guess you could say. Because mm-hmm. I think if you just go in, right into singing songs and then that's what you do the whole time, you never really make any connection, they, they can probably get into it, but not as much as they would if you got personal with them. And so I've even found it to be really good in those moments to maybe share a story, maybe share something that I've struggled with that the Lord has helped me through maybe in the past week because um, it helps them put their guard down. No doubt. And especially if they've had a bad week, because we can tell them that all, all we want. You know, if you've had a bad week, just lay it all down. But if, if you don't give them an example of like how you've done that, they don't really know how to go about it. So I think that's a great moment to put that in there. But yeah, number one, plan it because it's awkward when you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Number two, depending on what you want, if you want it to be a quiet moment, that's cool. But I think it, it works best with the band playing behind you, especially when you've just come out of a praise song. Totally agree. So practice that quite a bit before you make them do it. Maybe have like a few midweek rehearsals to really get it nailed down and then they'll get in the habit at some point. Yeah. And that actually brings up something that's fresh on my mind because this past Sunday, my sermon was all about why, why do we worship the way that we do? Mm-hmm. And we talked about how praise songs, those fast songs that you do at the beginning of service are like ho- the horizontal part of worship to where it's like you're talking to each other and reminding each other of like who God is and what God's done. It's really that song to get everybody in the right frame of mind for everything else that's to come mm-hmm. in the service. And then worship, those slower songs are where people, you know, have that one-on-one with God. But I think that as worship leaders, and I'm definitely guilty of doing this when I was a worship leader, we think that everything's like one-on-one with God. So it's like we want to get into church and start worship out and be like, everybody, cl-, and then we just close our eyes and like, this, this is just all about God. This isn't about the people in the room. And it's like, well... That first song really is about the people in the room. Like, this is about the people of God. You know, we're singing songs like, who's like the Lord, strong and mighty. You know, that's we're telling each other that. It's kind of like nudging your neighbor and saying, you remember remember what God did? Remember who he is? Mm -hmm. And you need that because I don't think you get in the right frame of mind very easily. But if you can, you know, nurture those connection moments like you were talking about, not just in the talking point, the welcome after the first song, but even during the first song, make those connections, look at them in the eye and, you know, smile at them, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, if you're wondering why we put the welcome after the first song, it's because I learned that a lot of people miss it if you put it at the very beginning because they're strolling in late and got to get my coffee still. Yeah. So the the first song usually acts as kind of everybody's rolling in. We're getting everybody built up and you know so. that's just true for any church service yeah, and it's yeah. kind of annoying probably to worship leaders but you know i'll just have to confess that i was actually late into worship this last sunday and it's because i was out in the lobby to you know disc. the countdown was going on and i think i had to use the restroom or something and i was trying to make my way back into the auditorium was out in the lobby somebody caught me and they had some really important <laughs> stuff to tell me and they talked to me for the whole first song and i was like trying to get back into church but it just happens it's all good yeah <laughs> we'll forgive you <laughs> Yeah, I want to move on now to talking about the the flowy worship moments, some some fails that we've had there. And again, I think another thing to look out for with those is not planning very well. Like obviously you want it to be not overplanned because it's a more spontaneous spirit-led moment. Um you don't start a timer on the <laughs> we got two minutes <laughs> 23 seconds for this worship moment and i know every church is going to feel a little bit differently about how this how this fits into worship and that's totally cool but if you're a church that does them or you want to do them you want to do them better um i think we're improving on it all the time i think it should be somewhere in the service that's just my personal belief because if it's if it's too structured there's there's a part of the congregation that's going to miss out on a type of worship that speaks to them more i would say it's kind of like in prayer like Mm -hmm. we like to do all the talking in prayer we talk 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 and then never hear from god Mm -hmm. i don't know why i'm not being led by by god you know yeah well duh because you're talking all the time and then when you're done with your prayer you just walk off i think that we we can do the same thing in worship song 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 everybody go home Mm -hmm. and there's never a moment for them to really connect with god close their eyes and listen to what the holy spirit is trying to say yeah but structure is also good too. That's why we have a pretty structured set. We just want that at least one moment in there. And yeah, there's been moments where the band's forgotten about it again and uh, they stop playing. They think we're at the end of the set and I kind of turn around and look at our keyboard and she's like, oh, and she'll, <laughs> and she's really good at getting back into it really quick. She might miss a few notes, but she'll get going <laughs> and we recover pretty good. Um, and then there's times that again, I just, I blank out probably because I overthink it, you know, like don't overthink those moments. That's one of my biggest tips. Have an idea of what you want to do, but don't have a structured plan for it. Like maybe have a couple ad libs to, to get you started. Uh, some things that you can sing, but yeah, don't overthink it. And I found that it's really important to give the congregations some kind of direction in those moments because you can't expect them to, as be as comfortable worshiping out of structure as you are as a worship leader, you're probably gonna be the most comfortable person in the room to do that, but you can't expect them all to be. And I've had moments where I just kind of go into ad living the whole time and they just kind of stare at me, you know, cause they don't know what to do. I didn't give them any direction yeah. and that's pretty awkward. You're like, why don't you guys join in? <laughs> 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 so one thing that I like to do is I will say, okay, sing, sing the chorus again. I won't say sing the chorus. I'll like say the words of the chorus, but, and then they'll start singing that and I'll ad lib behind them as they're singing out the chorus, or I'll just be quiet for a minute and let them sing and hear themselves sing. And those are really powerful moments. I feel like for sure. And then we'll just let it get quiet and let our keyboardists keep playing for a minute, ask them to get quiet, close their eyes, mm-hmm. focus on the Lord for a second. And then I just kind of feel it out. You can usually tell when the congregation has, you know, had their, had their moment and they're ready to move on. Sometimes it's longer than others, but 
just got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice. Yep. Yeah, those those moments can be awkward. You got to got to be careful. Without direction, they're awkward. Yeah, they're awkward. You you probably want to think that you're over communicating mm. in these moments. You're like, I don't really need to say that. One thing that's really changed in me since I've become lead pastor is the awareness that there's always new people in the room, or at least we always want new people in the room. So even if you're a church that's struggling to grow and you're not really having many first-time guests, maybe you just need to t- change the way that you think and the way that you talk mm-hmm. towards first-time guests and things are going to turn around for you. At least that's what's happened at our church. So even from a worship leader perspective, like you might think, I don't need to tell them to sing or I don't need to tell them to close their eyes. Like they know that they're here every Sunday, but there's somebody in the room that doesn't know that. And so that's who you're giving those directions for. Mm-hmm. And there's also people in the room that just need that direction. They're just looking for you to tell them what to do. What are we doing here? You're the worship leader. So you tell me. Yeah. Instead of getting mad at those people, just help them out. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're there to do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If you don't feel like you're over communicating, you're probably not communicating enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there have been moments where looking back i've given too much direction like i was get, i was getting a little radical with uh the worship moments i feel like i was just trying to try you better to, clap <laughs> or i'd go down there and i remember a time when i went down into the congregation and i went to a few people that i knew would be comfortable and i just asked them to like our dad who used to be he's our senior pastor our founding pastor and i asked him i was to i gave him my microphone and said what give us like how how you would worship in this moment and i did it with a few other people and looking back i could see how that probably would have made a lot of people like really uncomfortable <laughs> is mm. he going to come to me next yeah and that's going to ruin that moment for a lot of people you know it probably did benefit some people i'm sure yeah i was probably led in some aspect to to do that but you just got to think those things through a little bit i think obviously you don't want to just do what's comfortable if the spirit's leading you to do a certain thing Mm -hmm. but just don't don't over give over direction and try to make everybody don't don't push them out of their comfort zone that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) don't shove them out of it true because i've tried to do that yep all right let's talk about the transition out of worship into the message that's a tricky one yeah and it took us years to figure that out and i remember back when i was worship leader there was nothing to aid the transition so it's just be like worship stops we got to give it a minute, you know, because the worship team's got to get off the stage and then the pastor comes up and we just kind of, everybody talks or everybody sits there awkwardly or whatever and totally breaks the flow of the service. How do you expect people to stay engaged and stay plugged in whenever you have moments like that in your service? So cue the sermon bumper videos that a lot of the bigger churches are using. You may have wondered why. And they're really not using those to get a message across. They're using those to fill space yeah, and to create that transition moment so the worship team can get off and that the speaker can get you know set up and ready to go. So we started using those. We're a small church, so it's not like we have the resources to create our own sermon bumper videos, even though we do videos. You and I could do it. It'd take us a lot of time, though. I know. <laughs> and it wouldn't be worth the time. No. Especially when churches like Church of the Highlands and Life Church. They're all putting their sermon bumper videos out there for everybody else to use. I know you're probably a worship leader listening right now and you're like, how do I get my pastor to use the same title for their sermon so we can use these same sermon bumper videos? You know, it might be a challenge actually to have that conversation. But I think the main thing is it's like you don't have to preach the same message as Craig Rochelle. You don't even have to have the same four messages in the series. Just use the same series name because I'm sure that you can figure that out, how to use a series name and just do your own thing after that. 
and save the church a lot of time. And I think that's a good use of resources. Yeah, for sure. So that's what we do. We use a lot of bumpers from Highlands. We use some from Life Church, and it has totally fixed that transition moment. The band has about 30 seconds to get off the stage. I have 30 seconds to get my slides and stuff set up. And then sermon bumper ends. Hey, welcome church. So glad you're here. Yeah. That sort of thing. Or some, what were some bad ideas that we had before we started doing that? I think we just always defaulted to turn to your neighbor and say hello <laughs> and hope that it lasts long enough to get everything done, which it usually didn't. No. Sometimes it did. I mean, sometimes, as you know, the church is real chatty and they just and you almost can't get them to shut up. But most of the time, it's like five seconds and then everybody sits down and looks at you. So I can't. Re- did we use any other strategies other than that before we incorporated the video? Well, I remember before you were lead pastor when dad was um, he would do that transition every Sunday before he would get up to speak. Oh, yeah. And he he's a. Uh, he comes across a lot more passionate than I or K do. He's more of a raising his voice, getting really excited, <laughs> jumping around a little bit, which is not really in Caden I's personality, which is fine. But I think that was that was a big change for the church too, because they were so used to him doing that at the end of the worship set, and he would get up there and sing the last song with us, have us go back into it, pull someone from the congregation that wasn't <laughs> on the team that week, be like, "Hey, we're gonna do this song. We need you up here." Yep, <laughs> good times. <laughs> But the, I mean, it was really good when we did that. But whenever you became lead pastor, obviously you're not going to operate the same way that he is. So we had to figure out something else. Yeah. And there were a few awkward moments as we were figuring it out. But I think now we've got a good plan down. I would say even if we were to rewind and dad was still doing that, like I think the sermon bumper is still relevant in that situation because somewhere the band has to leave and he has to transition into his message. And really, when he was coming up and singing the last song with us or whatever, that was really part of the worship set. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a transition, per That's se. True. Maybe a soft like transition part A, but you still need a part B to get you into the message. Mm-hmm. As far as like some fails go, I can remember, like even though the sermon bumper works most of the time, there's a few weeks ago that it totally failed because it, it's only 30 seconds. And so you better have everything ready because 30 seconds isn't a lot of time to get all that switched. And I... uh before service, practice my message in one of the kids' rooms at our church. And I left my laptop stand over in the kids' room, which is takes a little bit to get there from the auditorium. Sermon bumper hits. I go looking for my little podium thing, and it's not in the auditorium. I'm like, ah! And so I'm like hustling to get to <laughs> my stand, and I didn't make it back in time. So, And this is whenever like our third or fourth time live streaming and the guys didn't know that they probably should have left something up on the screen to cover up. But no, they switched to the camera. So everybody got to see me <laughs> rushing up onto the stage, plugging in my laptop and all that good stuff. It was the first time for all of us. So <laughs> we'll give them some grace. It's a good time. It's really funny because that's not usually like Kate to forget stuff like that. So we <laughs> laughed at him. <laughs> good time. Um, before we get into some resolutions, which we've already talked about some, I just want to reiterate like transitions are important in every moment of the service. And I know this isn't like a pastor's podcast, but just want to mention real quick that even in your speaking points, like transitions are the things that matter. And if you're going to script anything in your message, like say you're a worship leader and you, that your pastors asked you to preach, you're like, well, you know, I've never preached before. Well, the number one thing that I can tell you is to plan out your transitions. How are you going to get from point A to point B without people losing their focus and without making it sound like, oh, we're shifting gears? You know, it just needs to feel like one seamless from the very first song. Mm-hmm. So the time you say goodbye, there should be no room for people to get distracted. And that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. The less friction, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's get to like 
the resolution. Let's give them some practical things on how they can improve their transitions. Number one, as few quiet moments as possible. Mm-hmm. However you can fill those quiet moments out. I mean, there's there's always a way you can, but we've always found those moments to be really awkward. So I would say steer clear of those. Which I was thinking, that makes me realize like our altar call moments at the end of service, at the end of my message, a lot of churches will have their band come back up and that's cool. It didn't really fit for us. So we actually have like a a mellow track that we found. It's kind of like a back pads sort of thing with a little bit more interest it's in a it. Royalty free track. Yeah, royalty free track that we found that we play for our altar call music. Uh-huh. So I tell the team in the back, like whenever I say this in my message, I want you to fade in that altar call music. That way whenever I go into a prayer or when I go in to have them take a reflection moment, you know, now take a minute to think about how this applies to you and then I'm silent there's still something in the room so people don't get distracted by awkwardness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're right. As many, as few quiet moments as possible. Yeah. If they're going to be there, they better be like really on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. What's your tip for transitions? I'd say the, the main goal of any transition is just to make sure people don't lose focus. And I've already said that, but I'll say it again. Your uh, transitions are all about connecting two points together so that no one falls through the cracks of a broken transition. Because you got to think if you don't have a smooth transition and just kind of imagine like a big crack down the middle between your worship set and your preaching, some people are going to fall off in that crack and they're never going to be able to climb back up. So you got to like smooth that out and just make sure that everybody can stay engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Our culture has a pretty short attention span, you know, as sad as it is, but instead of crying about it, like help them out. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, they should be better at paying attention. Yeah. Well, they should maybe, but yeah. Yeah. We're not there to gripe. Nope. <laughs> what about you? Got any other ones? I don't think so. I think we kind of hit it all. Oh, okay. Last thing then to get transitions right, you have to practice them. Uh-huh. You can't just talk about them. How many times have you talked about a tra- talked the band through a transition, didn't practice it, and it went well? Has that ever happened? <laughs> Probably never. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, but you didn't practice it. You got to practice it more than once. It feels awkward though, practicing transitions, doesn't it? Mm hmm got to do it yeah especially like prayer moments or when you're going to talk to the whole congregation but no one's in there they're a little awkward but they're worth it to to practice it i'd actually say probably pre-service rehearsal your rehearsal right before your service it's more important to practice transitions than it is the songs Mm -hmm. would you agree yeah yeah so we expect the team to come in warmed up on the songs like they they already know them obviously because we've been playing them for a while but like we're not there to iron out details of the song we're there to practice transitions and getting it all flowing properly so yep and some of those transitions that are the same every week like the one out of my message into the altar call or from the sermon bumper into the message like we don't practice those every week but like at first whenever we incorporate something new where we're going to switch up that transition we do try to practice it with the tech team so that the sound guy and the video guy they all know what to do Mm -hmm. but we try to keep it pretty standard expected Mm -hmm. so that you know leave less room for error Yep. And at the end of our pre-service rehearsal, we do one full run through with the tech team doing it as well. So that usually helps out. From the pre-roll into the sermon bumper, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, hope that helped you. Hope you got a good laugh from our mistakes and hope you can improve your transitions from this too. That I think you just need to realize how important they are. And I think you'll notice that once you start working on them, it really helps your church out. So get after it. Go improve those transitions. We're still working on it. I think it's a journey that never ends. There's one thing that we'd like you to do after this podcast to subscribe so that we can let you know when the next one comes out. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you go tell one of your worship leader friends about this podcast because I bet they'd get a good laugh from it and learn something as well. We'll catch you next time.